0: I feel like i need a disclaimer to put at the beginning of this is disney fangirling throughout
1: Just... you have been warned
0: <laughs> you're listening to the animation addicts podcast with the rotoscopers episode 160 enchanted it's so romantic To the Animation Addicts podcast with the rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your enchanted, lovely, magical co-host, Queen of Andalasia, Morgan Stradling, and
1: I'm here with my stepsister, what the
0: <laughs> Chelsea Robson.
1: Well, she hello. I am uh, obviously I'm the the pretty one. So that's why she keeps me out. <laughs> mm,
0: sure. Sure, that's how it works. The evil
1: queen is up front.
0: (laughs) I said nothing about evil. Excuse me. If you're new to the show, this is the Animation Addicts podcast. We talk about all things animation past and present. We review an animated film every episode. And this episode, we decided to go back in time since at time of recording this, the 10-year anniversary of Enchanted is tomorrow. (laughs) And by the time this comes out, we'll definitely have already passed. And so I thought it was a perfect moment to go back, relive that movie. I can't believe it's been 10 years, but we're just going to move on with that (laughs) and talk about this because this movie has a very, very special place in my heart and we'll talk all about it. But if you're new to the show, welcome, welcome. Be sure to subscribe and a shout out to our newest patron, Cecil, who just joined this morning. So welcome aboard. Welcome to the patron family. We're glad to have you. And yeah, let's jump right into this, shall we? Let's do it.
1: When we decided to do this movie, both Morgan and I were like, yes, 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 yes. Let's do this. Because we were both so excited, this movie just is so has so many good memories, as Morgan mentioned before. So we just love talking about it. And honestly, I think this is one of my favorite movies of the that time period. It just it stands so well. True. There wasn't that much great stuff coming out during no, that there time wasn't. period, <laughs> but but it was like it even stands up today. I think. Oh yeah, I just had like the whim to watch it a couple weeks ago, and I was like. Yes, please. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, this like feels like it could have come out now. Like it, it's still totally. Pre- I'm still totally present in this movie. So I was like, woohoo! Um, but what's funny is this was that the first movie that they had had animation 2D animation in since 2005 in Pooh's Hufflepuff movie so this came out in 2007 and so it'd been two years so it hadn't been like that long but still it had come after a lot of drama because everybody basically remembers the last fully 2D animation movie as Home on the Range, which came out in 2004. Right, as far as the
0: canon. When they say Pooh's Heffalump movie, I'm like, mm, well, yes, technically, but right. as far as the canon, Home on the Range, and the end on all things Home on the Range, like they completely shut the studio down because it was just dying, it wasn't working, and Roy Disney even had this big Save Disney campaign on his website to try and save 2D animation and I remember frequently going to that website and just trying to see what news he had come up with and what was happening and and just being really bummed at the state of traditional animation at this time. So when it was announced that that Enchanted was going to have 2D sequences, it just like my heart fluttered because it had been so long, 2 years since we'd seen anything from Disney and it almost had become something that we grew accustomed to every year was that a new traditional animated film was going to come from Disney probably was going to be a fairy tale. And so for that to be gone for, for that time period really hurt, especially when the computer animated movies in its place, they did not meet any expectations of mine and did not fill that void. Right. So Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, the main thing, the fact that it was two years apart, wasn't the big deal. The big deal was just that so much drama had come in 2003-2004. So 2004, they... Or, sorry, 2003, they closed down the Disney anim- feature animation at, in Paris and Tokyo. And they also had major budget cuts and layoffs at the Orlando studio. And then in January of 2004, so beginning of the year, they're like, hey, guys, guess what? We're closing down animation in Florida. And we're like, say what? They still had everything going on in in. Br- uh, Burbank but still it was very slow and they had canceled the movie A Few Good Ghosts that they were in production with and so there was just so much stuff that it was just so much drama and every time they would announce something like this it was it was coming out of like the renaissance and so we were like what how could you do this all of our lives you know the lives that we remembered we were getting these amazing movies and Disney was our thing and so it was just so much like pent up like how could you how could mm-hmm. you
0: the parents and, are breaking up They're getting i divorced. know exactly
1: <laughs> <laughs> now the the Burbank studio was getting smaller at the time and then michael eisner he stepped down in march of 2005 and then in 2006 january bob Iger is like hey guess what we're gonna buy pixar because their contract had expired and it's my speculation I'm just full-blown speculation that they were so busy with, you know, picking up Pixar that they're like, meh, I don't think we're going to actually work on a, and create a pipeline for a 13-minute footage. And so we're just going to outsource it. So this animation... Well, there wasn't
0: anyone. Like, literally, the studio did not exist, right?
1: The so Burbank there, it, still had things, but it was smaller and it was it like... Been, but it had
0: moved to traditional animation and they'd actually gotten rid of a lot of their traditional animation equipment Mm -hmm. so it would have been not entirely but for the most part needed to do a big sequence like this and so yeah moving it to quote outsource studio i mean it was a former disney animator but was obviously made more sense
1: right i mean the thing is like it didn't totally close down um as far as all of the 2d people there as of i mean um, eric
0: goldberg is still there to this day right but and it, has been it, there through this whole time <laughs> right <laughs> eric goldberg and mark of... Ken
1: are right. the only ones left but it's like out of everybody else there everyone else is gone <laughs> so they've gone Talking
0: as in today 2017
1: yes 2017 right. so this was just it's just this time period it was like the moment it was kind of like a, a beacon of hope like is it possible that they are going to open back up 2D animation because of Enchanted? If Ch- Channa does well, will that you know help Disney see that it's not really dead? Like that's what we were thinking as this movie came out. We're like, oh, I really want this movie to do well <laughs> because it could mean like great things. And granted, they did come back for Princess and the Frog, but it didn't last long. So that no, was the yeah, last one. Would- their last little
0: attempt at 2D animation.
1: Wow. Yeah, the the 2D
0: sequences were done by James Baxter and his company, James Baxter Animation. And he was a former Disney animator. He worked on Who Framed Roger Rabbit with Dick Williams. He worked um, as a variety of different characters. He, You know, Jessica Rabbit, Belle, Rafiki, Quasimodo. So, I mean, there's this story that he... I can't remember, but I remember in an interview they were talking about how he was fairly newer in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and they, while he did do Jessica Rabbit and other characters, uh, initially they'd given him smaller things, so they gave him this like hand to animate, and he just did such an amazing job with it that all the other animators were completely blown away and, and mesmerized by this hand that he could animate. And just he really proved himself and was able to climb. So he had lots of experience animating a variety of Disney characters from heroes to princesses to, you know, Jessica Rabbit. And he had this studio that was that he was doing at the time. It no longer exists, but I do remember going to his website at the time and it showed like works in production and they had little stills and clips and, and seeing his work on Enchant, it just got me so excited. I'd visit it quite a bit yeah. <laughs> during this period. It no longer exists, but I think his studio has gone away and he's, he's kind of more back working at the traditional studios, but yeah. So he and his studio did that. And to me, that open the 2D animated sequences just feel slightly off. Yeah. Always. And it's n- and I don't think it's because it was done by a different studio. I just think cuz it wasn't like the full Disney effect. I don't know. Like there's something about the character designs that are slightly off. Um, you know, sometimes their eyes look a little cross-eyed or their noses <laughs> look funky. I don't know, but there's just something like I love this movie so much and I love the 2D sequences, but I just every time I watch the 2D sequences, it's just there's something off about them, where they're great and they're really good, but I can't really place my finger on it. But I don't know if anyone else feels that way. But I've always felt that way watching them.
1: Really interesting. Well, these were actually done with cell animation, so these aren't even caps or anything like that. Like this or it had any two D. They're sorry. kicking it old school. They're, they went way old school and just did all cell animation. So it was pretty intense, like, like and cool. Just the fact that they really tried to do exactly like from the effects of the beginning era so maybe it's just because we got used to having something with a little bit more caps or you know some not type
0: necessarily. of it's not even caps it's just it's the part of the like the animation like the actual character animation really off to
1: me yeah oh, interesting that's good
0: maybe i'm the only one who feels this way
1: <laughs> maybe they actually took some fl- live action footage of amy adams as giselle and like so the animators could use it as reference for yeah, like, as they as they've done with variety for, of which, yeah, they do that <laughs> they basically do that with everyone, but I felt like they did a good job of of really capturing her in this character which i and i'm just thinking man that would just be really cool to know that like that's me <laughs> well that, that that's the problem with giselle and amy
0: <laughs> adams is because so many people say oh i'd love to see giselle at the parks and kind of part of this movie it'd been in development a long time the script was in, initially purchased in 1987 it was supposed to be more of an r-rated sort of comedy what? thing yeah but then over time it went through many many rewrite rights and they the reason it took so long is because they really didn't want to come off as making fun of themselves, but, and like really poking the finger, but they, they wanted to pay homage while, you know, having parody. And I think they struck a very nice balance where like, okay, it's obvious, you know, falling in love with Prince you've never met before after two seconds of singing a song. Okay. We can all laugh about that because that's pretty hilarious and not realistic. Right. But so they, Disney was really, really, really cautious about making this movie because they didn't want it to be, you know, too one-way making fun, uh, which they did not do. But Amy Adams, so she was the one who was selected to be this this princess. And we'll just talk about her and her character and her legacy as Giselle. So there were over 250 actresses who auditioned for the part of And obviously, because she not only was going to be a Disney princess, a 2D animated Disney princess, which people would die to be a Disney princess in the first place. (laughs) I mean, especially after the 90s, everyone wanted those roles. And to this day, people still want those roles. But on top of that, you got to be the princess in real life. You basically got to be the face character and then, you know, have the character that way, which was really, really cool. And I read a lot about this, that Kevin Lima said that they auditioned with so many women and and this was very high profile. And so they got tons of people who were interested in this and audition. And I remember reading names like Reese Witherspoon and Kate Hudson. And to me, they I, it never really talks about this, but they weren't going for a super young actress Yeah. where I think. If I were to do this, I'd probably go for someone like early twenties because Disney princesses are anywhere from the ages of sixteen to eighteen. Right, and so I really thought it was interesting that they picked this character who she was thirty three at the time the movie came out, so thirty two when yeah. you know when they were actually filming, but uh, definitely. So it means I still have a chance. <laughs> yes, Chelsea, you have quite a few years left. But I thought <laughs> yes. that was interesting. They went for more of an older princess, but not totally old. Like, she's totally not old. No. But, okay. So, you know, she got the role, and Kevin Lima said what made her stood out. And she was, you know, after these 250 people had auditioned, she came in and she just completely owned the character. She didn't, there wasn't any, like, embarrassment over this character or trying to distance herself. She completely owns the part and was very real because they needed someone who was going to take this role seriously, even though it's completely not serious at the same right. time. Like, she's so over the top and goofy and into her animated world and background that it, that's just her world. And so they needed someone to have that sense of naivete and innocence. And she perfectly, perfectly captured that. And I do look back and I think you know while Reese Witherspoon is an amazing actress and she's beautiful i i think i don't know i think some of the actresses may not have gone all in yeah with being so quirky
1: yeah i mean she really owned this character throughout the entire movie and that's you believed her <laughs> like mm-hmm. i believe that you <laughs> are really from a different world like what is wrong with you <laughs> but you're and that's what you need to do <laughs> so endearing though like that, yeah. She really captured, I'm endearing and I'm a, a real person, but I, I'm i just coming from a different land and a different yeah. time. <laughs> so talking about when
0: they're making this film, like obviously this film would have been in production a long time, but one of the perks of making a film like this is that you get to introduce a new Disney princess to your lineup. So the Disney princess brand had been established for quite a few years at this point in time. And... Adding a new princess to that lineup is very special, and let's do it if we can. And so, part of them wanted to have this new princess to immediately join. Well, unfortunately, what they weren't thinking of as they were producing this is that if they were to do that, they would forever have to pay Amy Adams for use of her likeness. So, in perpetuity, forever. Cha-ching! Yeah. And and it's just to me, like, very funny that there wasn't any sort of stipulation in the contract that, okay, like, I don't know, like, I understand why they have to pay for her likeness. But at the same time, we hired you for the role. Like, this is our character. We're not owning you. So I, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know the nuances of it. But to me, completely unfortunate yeah. that they were not able to get the rights because she was in the parks initially, and I remember seeing her when she was at Disneyland, and she's such a cool character. You know, with the big she was riding in a parade with one, her big giant wedding dress, <laughs> so over the top. And you know, you could either have uh, a meet and greet with her in her pink dress or in in her teal dress. Variety. She has so many cool dresses in this in this film, and. You know, you get a redheaded girl to do it and she'd be so cute and and just bubbly and over the top. But that will never be. I mean, she there was initial merchandise that came out with the film, but as far as any long term... Yeah, and I'm sure Amy Adams was very disappointed about that. And I would have, I would have tried to strike a deal with them. And be like, okay, I would have too. I Even- know you're not. You, you've already said no to me being a princess forever. <laughs> what about a flat rate? Let's just, <laughs> let's, I'll give you my rights. And it's like that's the thing. Like I don't know how they couldn't get around this to make the princess look just like a redheaded girl, like obviously any face character is not going to look like Amy Adams. Right. Or if they did, they'd purposely try to avoid a character uh, hiring someone that I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm just rambling at this point. I'm not a, a lawyer, but it very much frustrates me that I don't get to meet Princess Giselle in the parks, or oh. James
1: Marsden. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, James Marston. Oh man, I wish he I. He is have perfect seen him. too. He he was kind of like the,
0: the the male counterpart to this. I'm all into this character, so and he perfect. he doesn't have a character arc or progression in the way that she does. No, and so he's just always like, I love that moment when he sees her, and he just starts singing, <laughs> and she's
1: not taking back. He's like to finish <laughs> <laughs> hey. you're not singing <laughs> you're not singing <laughs> oh my very, gosh very awesome. so good he really did so well in his part and I think having the fact that he didn't have any type of an arc just made it just so perfect Ugh. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm like magic mirror
0: <laughs> there are so many good quotes i mean i just want to, as i was watching the movie this time i was just cracking up laughing out loud because almost everything that these characters say are hilarious and it's not just the animated characters i mean even robert has really funny things like you know this song how do you know this song heard this <laughs> you song, song before.
1: Too what <laughs> <laughs> very good oh so good Well, as far as high level information about this movie, a lot of our information today comes from Box Office Mojo, IMDb and Wikipedia and bonus materials such as behind the scenes and whatever random YouTube video we find that has information on this. So basically, the studio is Walt Disney Pictures. The director is Kevin Lima. He has brought us so many gems. Uh, He's married to Brenda Chapman. Yes. Both of them have brought us so many good things through through the years. And the music was done by Alan Macon and Stephen Schwartz, the power duo. I love them. And it was released November 21st, 2007 on a budget of $85 million. This was a huge success because it domestic gross was $127 million and worldwide was $340 million. So really good return on investment. Really good. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I remember being excited for this for months, years almost. I was going back and I re- I pulled up some emails that I had sent Chelsea. Uh, email was the popular form of communication back then.
1: It was, it was. It, now
0: it's like, I've just texted you this because your <laughs> smartphone could pull up the links. Right. And it was three links to some behind the scenes footage of them, them shooting the How Does She Know song because that was done in Central Park. So it was a very prominent place and people were able to film and record that. And I, that was done in summer 2006 yeah i believe and so um even a year ish before year plus before it came out i'm just geeking over the footage (laughs) and cannot wait and i remember so i have some funny stories about this and i've I've mentioned this on the podcast before but this is the official enchanted episode so i'm gonna say it again because i know some people have not listened to those previous episodes but chelsea and i uh, at this point in time and always we're just very pro animation we always love to talk about the new things that disney was having in production and so we were really excited to go see this movie together well i ended up seeing it alone
1: yeah thanks a lot <laughs> <laughs> so we did not see this together because at the time that it came out I was working in New York City with um, a nonprofit, and I would get back the day after Thanksgiving and of course this came out on the 21st which was like four days beforehand and Morgan was like yeah I'm not gonna wait I'm just gonna see it by myself and I was like "Chirk!" <laughs> and I wasn't able to go see it because I was working and so I had to wait and s- I pretty sure I saw it alone or something too I was like jerk
0: (laughs) I don't know why I didn't just go see it again with you or wait but then again I couldn't wait (laughs) I came over Thanksgiving it came out I had nothing to do because everyone else was still working the day before Thanksgiving so I believe this was on a Wednesday before and I I think I did see it Thanksgiving as well with my family but I was so excited so I, I was talking about this with everyone Chelsea my roommates my boyfriend and my family, no, everyone knew that I was beyond excited to see this movie. <laughs> um, so I have a few funny stories. So that the day that it came out, I went. They did not have a midnight screening, and I was. I called so many theaters because at this point, midnight screenings right. were very popular. So I figured, like, of course, the newest Disney movie is going to have one. No, they did not. <laughs> and what a travesty that they did not have a midnight showing for Enchanted. That's true. Very so. True. You know. Anyway, I got over it, and I said, "How dare the
1: world not be as excited about this as we were?"
0: (laughs) Right, right. I mean, come on, get with the program here. So I went and saw the very first showing. I believe it was a nine thirty (laughs) showing the morning it came out, and it was me and an old couple. Because, you know, old people, they got to get their stuff done early. Right. I mean, by that point, they have probably been already awake for eight hours or something, you know, <laughs> since they wake up so early. And I go and it, I'm just sitting there alone, and I could not have been happier. I was on cloud nine because, again, this was the moment, the resurgence of Disney animation had been two years, and I know you think, like, two years, big deal, but. That was a long time considering the last we saw was Home on the Range. And so this wasn't only the second coming of that, but it was like a Disney princess in animation. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm being a little dramatic, but this is really how this I felt. This is really was, what it was. <laughs> I was so, so excited. And I remember that opening scene where it's – for um the opening scene with true love's kiss and she's singing and it's just all the classic Disney tropes and princess tropes. And the song is so cheesy. It's the princess musing about love song. And I started tearing up and crying. I was so excited to have (laughs) 2d animation back, like not just 2d animation, Disney traditional animation back on the, the screen that I started crying. And it really, really meant a lot to me that this this movie existed and that this was included in there. Yeah. And I'm sure some of you are like, okay, crazy girl. But <laughs> again, I ha- <laughs> this is why I have an animation podcast. It really, really meant a lot to me. So then I come back from Thanksgiving and my, one of my roommates, she's like, so I can't believe you. We, we, you were talking about that Enchanted movie and I went home for Thanksgiving. And since you'd been talking about it so much, my family went and we went to see it. And apparently she didn't watch any of the trailers. She wasn't really like up to speed about what it was. And she's like, the movie started and we were completely horrified. Like, and she was like, She's very much not into animation, not into Disney stuff, like way too cool for school. And I love her so much. And she's amazing. But that was not her jam or her cup of tea, right? And she was like, we were so horrified of what we were watching. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> sorry. Like a complete opposite reaction of me. Uh, yeah, so... Sorry, I'm sorry that I hyped it so much and I don't really know what you were expecting with a movie called Enchanted and like even the movie poster (laughs) is very whimsical in a way, but yeah,
1: so... So, so, not a fan. Funny. so not
0: everyone was as excited to see it as me. There you go.
1: Apparently. And they are, have a lesser life for it. <laughs>
0: I'm sure the life is fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. For anybody who wants to know a little bit more about how into animation we have always been, I'm looking at our early on my Gmail. I'm looking back at old emails as well and seeing a return of a Disney, the ultimate Disney quiz that Morgan and I sent <laughs> I back in the <laughs> Create this quiz and send it back and forth to each other.
0: Like, here's the questions and here's the answers. Oh, my gosh. And then here's your score from the last one. (laughs) We were so cool. Such nerds. Such nerds. But, like, that was our life. Like,
1: I loved obscure Disney facts and trivia and quotes Still do, but <laughs> I think I'm going to start putting this, in, like some of these old quizzes that we made, in the Roto Nation Facebook group. Yes, yes, please do. And uh,
0: we'll see how well they do. And apparently, I had a very intricate scoring system. <laughs> right that. you got 67 points but i how i think there's <laughs> only like 10 questions so i don't know oh my gosh but yes if you'd like to check those out those will be in the Rodonation facebook group for any patrons five dollars and up and there's there's tons of them right like oh there's so, we
1: we went to town for years on these
0: <laughs> right so this will give us plenty of content for the next little bit to come
1: oh my gosh so fun so fun well, I think one of the first things that I remember about the movie is going in. I just remember being so happy and just, just being so so in to this movie. Every, since the moment it started, I was just like engaged. And the moment they end up in New York, it's like, oh, they're here. Because I had just gotten back from New York and I was so excited. It was like, oh, I've been to all of those places and yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they had... The, the music in it was like, oh, bring me back to the good old days. And the casting was fantastic because Amy Adams, as we've talked about, did fantastic. James Marson, obviously did was great. And then also because Wicked had come out not too long prior you had yeah,
0: 2003 a few years ago
1: yeah just about prior. a couple of years prior and adina menzel was in it and we were so excited about her too because like oh my gosh adina menzel they've got it the have... <laughs> 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 they've got to have somebody like they've got to have her sing a song right right that's why you hire idina menzel is so she sings yeah but not they...
0: so she can say romantic weirdly you're so romantic. <laughs> like, it's there's true. a T in that word. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, it's so true. I love you, Dina, but romantic. <laughs> she does get it right in a later when she says romantic later, but it always bothers me. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else? Just me? Okay. Oh,
1: so romantic. You know, she's so romantic. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, you're looking at this, and they actually did six. They created six songs total for the soundtrack, but only five of them ended up in the final film. But then I was watching a whole bunch of... Because I knew there, was, there had to be this song that they... Because I, I had heard that they had they had done one or something but then it got cut and so i was like i have to find this song see if it's on youtube and i just kept looking and it's not there or at least no. i couldn't find it no i and i remember they were talking it so this is a song between a dina menzel and james
0: marston both amazing voices and this is presumably after they get married or whatnot you know because why would they be singing together right uh, or, or perhaps it's some sort of duet where they're in different places and they're singing about their Their love, but so yeah, I remember them talking about this song in in the different press that they were doing. They're like, oh yeah, it's for sure going to be on the DVD. The DVD comes and goes; it is not on there. Right. And so this is sitting somewhere in the Disney vault, and this is one of the true Disney great things that I know they're holding on to for what I don't know whether it's a platinum special release. Or just, I, I imagine what will happen is that there will be a D23 yeah. before Disenchanted comes out, which is Enchanted 2. And they will release this special song just for ex- exclusively for the people who are there. Right. Which means it's never going to be, only if you were there in person will you be able to hear it. Which, which is very did. sad. <laughs> no,
1: I know. I, we've been to those and we're like, oh man, I'm Right. am glad to that's be where here, but no.
0: The very first public singing of let it go was done at destination d and we were there and there was no recordings and they were very strict about that and they had people patrolling the aisles and chelsea and i had we were like frantically writing down the lyrics the best we could and trying to remember the melody and uh, chelsea has a video where it's like the very first uh, youtube video of let it go but even then we still have a few things a little off because at that point it'd been like six months since yeah uh, anyways we, we digress we digress but yes. we really <laughs> want this song we want this song so much yeah but we will we probably will not get it
1: well and i think what happened is i'm watching some of these interviews it said adina made said that she was actually really glad to know when she got the part that it wasn't a singing role because she said, you know, theater people just tend to get pigeonholed. And I was just glad to know that I'm, i was be seeing be, I could be seen as an actress and not just a singer. <laughs> I'm like, girlfriend, you know, you're lying. <laughs> you know, you're lying.
0: No. Well, I could, I could see she's not lying yeah. because that's the thing is Broadway as amazing as it is. And the incredible career that you can have on Broadway It's so limited, and to be on the big screen in Hollywood gives you so many more opportunities and money. Therefore, I need to be seen as a serious actress and not just a Broadway diva and this amazing singer that I am by my CD.
1: (laughs) By my CD. (laughs) Yeah, well, she... And from, I was watching a couple of them. And so it sounded like at first she was like, oh, yeah, I was glad, you know, it wasn't. Okay. So to me, that says, okay, they probably hadn't written a song for her. But later on, I knew that the song existed. So I'm like, (laughs) okay, then they must have, like, found out that she was the one that got the role. And so, you know, you have Alan Macon and Stephen Schwartz humming, hello, we've got Adina. We might as well write her a song. So they, you know, I think, as a last afterthought, wrote the song for them to put in the movie. So, in that case, I can understand how it would be cut for "quote unquote" pacing. Um, yeah. So, in that way, I'm like, all right. But still, ugh, so frustrating. <laughs> I want to know this, so, <laughs> but yeah. And what was crazy is this this song, for, for example, it was it. I have. So it was five songs that were on here and three
0: I love that we're not even to the point of talking about the movie. Yet. I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like three of those songs out of the five were were um nominated for Academy Awards and not one of them won. I was like, "No!" Mm, I know. It was because they split the vote. I was like, "Ugh, rude." But, anyway, shall shall we talk about the movie? <laughs>
0: <sighs> shall we? Yes, I think we shall. So n- normally we try to go against going super chronologically, but we have to talk about the beginning and kind of the the traditional animated sequence, right? Yeah. Um, and then we'll talk about the different characters that come along. So it opens with your classic storybook. You know, again, and that was another thing. So this was in 2007. So when Pirates of the Caribbean, the se- um, when the second Pirates of the Caribbean film came out, that's when they introduced this new Disney logo. Another moment that made me cry when this new Disney studios logo was, was announced. This is the big one with like the castle and it has the train that's going by and you zoom out and you see the castle and it's full mm-hmm. and then there's the like little firework Tinkerbell thing that goes by. And so that's giving me goosebumps right now. How lame. How lame am I? <laughs> but this is one of the earliest films that had that new logo attached to it. And then they expertly play with it by zooming in and playing the classic music. I mean, that's what's so great about them bringing Alan Mencken and Steven Schwartz back for this is that they were c- recapturing all of that amazing Disney nostalgia and glory because those guys worked on all that. So they know what works. They know their works. So they can parody off of them. Right. And so they, they create the score. That's um, the true love's kiss score. And it just like zooms in and we see, you know, we have the narrator, which is Julie Andrews and then the book and the book opens up and, and then we go from there. And it's amazing. It just makes it.
1: you happy thinking about it. <laughs>
0: right. I feel like I need a disclaimer to put at the beginning of this is, Disney fangirling throughout.
1: Just,
2: <laughs> if, you do not, if you do not
0: like this, just get just get off the train. You have been warned. <laughs> get off the train, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, that train at the very beginning of the logo. Just like hop right off it because it's going straight <laughs> to Disneyland. Anyway, yeah. So. So we jump in and it's this traditional animated sequence and it's of this princess and she has all the things that you expect of a princess, the long, amazing, flowy hair, the beautiful dress, the animal critters. She's singing about love. And what I love about this movie and uh, and her name is Giselle. And one thing that I love about Giselle's progression in this is as she enters the real world and starts having more, you know, well-rounded experiences, The the songs reflect that. So at the very beginning, it's your very traditional song that is just happy and singing, and I'm singing about love, and I kind of have these idealized and romanticized versions of love. And you need lips, right? (laughs) (laughs) Where's his lips? And but then as we progress, each song gets less and less kind of animated cartoony whimsical where she sings happy working song but it's slightly less than true love's kiss that how you know there's other people singing along and then so close where it's more modern and she's not even singing it's someone else right so uh every song just kind of goes down the spectrum toward of like more modern and so each song travels that spectrum from very cartoony, over-the-top classic Disney to more modern, realistic, well-rounded, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I like that. So this is definitely the I'm all-in moment. And it kind of has a little reprise where we have him singing it, and he's looking for the exact same thing, which isn't and, – and his character is – so his mother is the mom, right? Or is the – His stepmom. Okay, okay, stepmom, yes. So he's singing, but he – is has been distracted because the stepmom is the ruler and his queen and she has been distracting him this whole time so he does not find love. So he's been hunting trolls and doing all these adventures and quests because obviously if he gets married, you know, he takes the throne right. being the true heir. And But no... Everything just happens and they find each other and they finish their duet and off they ride literally into the sunset to be married in the morning. And (laughs) everything about this is so quick and fast and perfect. Like you're, you're thinking, this is ridiculous. They're getting married and they're getting married in the morning and they just met each other. And like, that's kind of the point because when people criticize disney and disney films it's like oh they fall in love so fast and and whatnot and so they they really played that up you only
1: have 90 minutes to tell a story so (laughs) i mean come on yeah i can't i can't show
0: you the six months
1: of courtship
0: (laughs) (laughs) but with a lot of disney films it's the idea of true love and that can be almost instantaneous like when you find the one there's no need to wait right because you are the one and it is true love and, and off we go with
1: our happy ending why wait Just go. (laughs) Um, I felt like this part did a good job also of setting up the villain. And I, I, today looking, you know, 2017, looking back and thinking, ah, the days when we knew who the villain was from the very beginning. (laughs) No guesswork. (laughs) (laughs) Not the same anymore. So yeah. But it was I loved the names that they gave each one of the characters. So, for example, just Amy Adams is just Giselle. She doesn't have a last name, but like when they she gets to New York, Patrick Dempsey is his last name is Robert Philip, as in hmm. Prince Philip, who was right. always the best. Always. <laughs> of course. Always the best. And then um Adina was Nancy Tremaine, which made me chuckle. I was like that. She's The step going to be the stepmother. Right. So. Um and then you've got Pip. Pip, he had two voice actors. One was Jeff Bennett and the other one was when he was in the live action world was Kevin Lima and I think Kevin's job did a great job. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's like, "You sure? He's good." He's good. <laughs> I quote that all the time. "He's good." <laughs> so, I just felt like they they really went above and beyond in trying to tie everything back together. So when they finally do get to the new world, obviously the first thing she's like, "Oh, it's grumpy," <laughs> <And> <laughs>
0: which like, could be considered completely insensitive, and that's so, kind of the point.
1: Yeah, like, geez, lady, are you for real? <laughs> 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 and then, um, and then she's knocking on the door of the, or no, the. First off, the crazy man takes her crown and Right. <laughs> that's like, a such a pretty smile. <laughs> Will somebody help me and just listen to me? Oh <laughs> And then she's knocking on the castle door and then that's when um everyone shows up to like catch her and everything. Oh, and then just the fact that I liked his storyline and his arc, Patrick Dempsey as yes. Prince Robert Philip. Um I felt like they did a good job of showing him just being super hardened and jaded and just like, no, we're going to be very, we're not going to, you know, fall in love or whatever. This is just very sensible. You know, this is how it's going to be. And
0: yeah, it's like with me and Nancy, it's not like that. And and he's completely... Because he's a divorce lawyer, he sees the worst of people and the worst of relationships at their worst time. Right. And so he's been completely disenchanted, if you will, with the idea of love and true love and all of this. And he has this daughter who, despite his best intentions to move her away from this princess stuff and all of that, uh, that's what she's into. And... He tries to give her this book that's like, ah, oh, real-life women examples. And she's like, is this a
1: fairy tale one? He's like, nope, it's even better. It's
0: like, oh. <laughs> well, uh, and he's, Clothes on my birthday sort he's of thing. Got her
1: in, he's got her in karate classes and just trying his darnest to make sure that she is the furthest away from princess. I'll make a man out
0: of you. Yeah,
1: I no, It's exactly <laughs> what it is. And then throughout the whole thing. Like, you just look at her, her hair the entire time. I'm just like, oh, honey, you need a mom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you need somebody to at least just comb your hair. Oh, man. Give it
0: a little, a good braid or ponytail. Like, do
1: something with that. Like, it's just, oh, don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just felt bad for her the entire time.
0: <laughs> See, it's interesting about his character. So initially the studio wanted some big name actress and they, and Kevin Lima felt that he, a big actress wouldn't really go all in with the part. Right. And she'd sort of have like her her popularity and her status like holding her back from like truly being the character. So that's kind of why he went for someone at the time was no name. And it's crazy to think that the sh- she was relatively unknown at yeah. this point in time. Like she'd been in films uh, but this really kicked off her career and now she's in everything and she's incredible and in tons of films. But on the flip side, as far as the male lead, they did have somebody who was very much the it man at the Mm -hmm. time in Patrick Dempsey. So he was the lead in Grey's Anatomy and there was very much Dempsey fever over McDreamy as he was called on the show and he, at the it's just crazy when you look at this, like he was the guy like wait, to slightly put this in a time capsule to see him as the lead. And if you go back and you look at his IMDb and his Wikipedia, his career really didn't take off after, I mean, Pat, it was Play's kind of anatomy was it yeah. and then a few roles and he was kind of, you know, the lead in a few rom-coms for a few years trickling after, but no, I mean, This is it. (laughs) So he's really hoping for a sequel at this point.
1: (laughs) Right. Oh, but I'm watching him and I'm like, man, he is McDreamy. He's so good looking and does this part so well. It's just Mm -hmm. like, oh, you, you. (laughs) No wonder you are (laughs) Philip. Yeah. And when they bring her home, obviously, I liked the the touch of like, yeah, this guy's basically engaged. And now you've got this girl (laughs) like this. She's such a this good samaritan letting her in
0: <laughs> and he's in very uncomfortable circumstances uh before Uh, Lady Tremaine, I'm just going to call her Lady Tremaine (laughs) before Nancy comes she has her happy working song which is obviously a play of Whistle While You Work and a variety of other you know, classic Disney songs where they're cleaning and doing stuff and it's the lyrics are just so funny and she's having the critters come and help her and they actually had real rats and pigeons (laughs) there on set that were helping and doing the filming and whatnot and that song is just you know, of course, she sees a mess. And what do we do? Clean it up. And oh, <laughs> here are these drapes. I don't have clothes. I'm going to sew myself a dress. It's Everything is so ridiculous, oh, yeah. but totally
1: normal to her.
0: Right. Uh, especially at this point in time. She's still completely in animation mindset and world.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I loved good. every little bit of this movie. And then even so then
0: Nancy comes back the next morning and even before that um you know he's looking for her and she's like come in and she's literally in the shower naked and (laughs) the birds bring the towel and conveniently wrap it over over her (laughs) naked areas and he's just first off he's just sitting there it's not like if I would have opened the door and saw that she was naked even though I couldn't see I would like close the door immediately yeah yeah. oh my gosh I'm so I'm so sorry but he sits there and has a conversation with her (laughs) you know he's he's in disbelief a little bit but at the same time she's just in a towel like right. hmm, okay I'm not so sure about you <laughs> but then Nancy comes in and
1: she's like wow did you get a maid <laughs> I like your Adina Thank you. <laughs> your accent's great and then – well, and then she falls over him and she's like, oh, I want to – yeah, so you can have your grown-up girl bonding time. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. I, I could understand why that would not be well-received. She's <laughs> like, you know, I tried to be a good – I thought, oh, well, he's such a good guy and, you know, I can never stay over because of her, the daughter. And we need to keep boundaries. But turns out you just needed your own girl bonding time. And, <laughs> I, I mean, I would think the exact same so thing. Would I. I would but like... he is a really nice guy. And he just took her in. And really, it's, it's very difficult to explain. <laughs> so yeah. no wonder she storms away.
1: He ends up taking her to work. And one of my favorite people that just happens to show up is definitely you have Jodie Benson as his secretary, you know, the Little Mermaid. And I'm just like, it's (laughs) Jodie. At this point, you've already seen Toy Story 2 where she plays Barbie. And I'm just kind of waiting for her to say Barbie stuff. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And they had so many of the major women of Disney show up as just random Uh, cameos. Paige right. O'Hara you also mm-hmm. had Jody Kuhn and Julie Andrews oh my gosh just great The part that I always remember is when she like goes over with the cup in the in the like fish tank gets a drink and then like comes over and spits out this fish into this cup like oh my gosh yeah, yeah. <laughs> in what world is that okay even in like cartoon world what the <laughs> yeah no explanation there.
0: No explanation. She's just kind of crazy. (laughs) Oh, it's grand. Well, so the prince comes in and he slays the steel beast peasants. I love (laughs) any time he refers to someone as peasants. (laughs) And, and And he has Nathaniel there who is hilarious and funny. And he's just pining over this queen. And she does not reciprocate. And so I think at the very end, when he has My Royal Pain, his book that he comes out <laughs> with and he has his moment is just too good. <sighs> but they're kind of together. And then they have Pip. Uh, so this trio is is going around New York City. And he, uh, I love him because he doesn't change. And so as she's having their moment and she's slowly, you know, the big one was where she gets angry you know, and, and starts feeling this wider range of emotions. And then they go on their date later. She has progressed on kind of a emotional level that he hasn't. He's very one-sided. Slay the dragon, get the girl, get married, be happy, la, la, la. Uh, and so in that moment, they realize that they're really not connecting. But even before that, I love, 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 That's How You Know. Such a good song. Oh, my Just goodness. hilarious at the beginning, like we were talking about, like, How do you you know this song? How does he know this song? I've never heard this song before.
1: I don't sing. (laughs) And I definitely don't dance.
0: All the lyrics are are gold. And she's just so cute and happy. And she's just singing about love. And she just wants him to find love for him, to be the best version of himself. And he's, yeah, it's just really funny how... The movie progresses like, oh, and there just happens to be a kiosk where they having a ball and you can buy tickets and sign up. <laughs> like if I had like a ball, and uh, they're dressed up, yeah. like, fully dressed up. Like I'm not sure I'd be going to Central Park to try to just like Sud. hawk tickets. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I would have had a better, especially in 2007, you know, promotional plan. But that's cool. It, it very conveniently sets up it, the idea that works. there is this ball that is going to be happening in New York City. Because there's
1: always a ball. There has to be a right, ball. Right, right. No, oh, of course. They have to have a reason to get all dressed up and swanky. And
0: <laughs> Well, I love – so as we were talking about different progression is she progresses at the moment of the ball with her, her gown. She has this very modern gown. But then you have Nancy and Robert and they went to some costume <laughs> shop and rented like old – you know, clothes where he has this suit with all of this ornate details along it. And and she has this giant dress. And it's really funny because we get hints for Nancy that she really is this hopeless romantic. yeah. But she lives in the real world and kind of has just accepted that and you know like okay that's just for fairy tales that's for movies and off we go so like i'm going to be a little bit more real- realistic but anytime something very romantic happens like the flowers he sends her with the dove she is so over the top in love with this this gesture and same thing he also sent her tickets to the ball and a oh, ball is so romantic <laughs> and so we see these little hints that, like, that's really what she's looking for is this true love, you know, fairy tale version. And so when she finally finds it at the end, she's just like, so typical. She left her shoe. And, you know, she's she's like picking up on all these fairy tale things. And then he puts it on her foot and they kind of have this moment. They elope and get <laughs> married. It's because that's everything she's ever wanted is a prince and true love and someone to sweep you off your feet. And she gets that. And it's really funny. They kind of, at the end, they all get everything that they're looking for. Yeah. And, you know, hers was a little more subtle, but like in the end, she really just wanted this animated life. And Giselle, although she didn't know it, she wanted something more yeah uh she didn't realize she needed it at all and would have been completely happy with edward in their world yeah but you know she finds more and then she finds that this like even more robust happy life with with patrick dempsey
2: (laughs) (laughs) i (laughs) mean he has some other name i
0: don't know and his daughter
1: (laughs) i mean hey patrick which is which
0: is kind of interesting the premise for the the second film Disenchanted in the fact that it's Aww. about her after being married for ten years, she like realizes there's there's more or like happy endings aren't always perfect and starts searching like i am I'm, I'm kind of intrigued i'm not sure Interesting. Like, is she i haven't seen breaking up when did you see I mean- this? So they haven't really announced anything about enchanted 2 also known as disenchanted the last big piece of news is they announced a new director that was in fall of 2016 and supposedly summer 2017 is when they were going to be filming now i haven't seen any photos of filming i haven't heard really anything other than supposedly they're doing that and then it's coming out in 2018 but it's almost 2018 and i don't really see this anywhere on disney's lineup so supposedly it's moving forward but I'm not sure we'll we'll wait until it happens yeah so
1: going back well we kind of just talked about Nancy's whole thing I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the thing about when they go to the ball and then you get to the song so close like right before that starts the fact that they're like and now here is the moment we've all been waiting for the king's waltz where we dance with somebody we did not come with like what the heck I'm like <laughs> huh
0: I mean hmm. like, why is it called the king's Waltz because the king was such such a adulterer that he would <laughs> always have a dance with someone who wasn't his wife like
1: what yeah it was like I, that part never made sense to me if they would have been like hey you know just for fun let's do something a little different you know like right. instead of being like this is the moment There's, now go yeah. somewhere else <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally they, they make it seem like it is the high point and there's nothing wrong with having a dance with someone no. who's, you're not married to or you're not dating or you didn't come with like that's wh- kind of one of the things that they did at balls you know you dance with a variety of people didn't mean much right but the fact right that they say this is the moment you've all been waiting for <laughs> the big kings <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like what, what? <laughs> right but i loved the song so close it's just the lyrics steven schwartz did such a great job with that and just moved everything along so well and you really felt the the high intensity of like oh will will she will he won't he until the oh it's so close and still too far like oh no (laughs) like really does a good job of taking you down that roller coaster and as i'm thinking about all of these as we mentioned before like they all three of these songs, the Happy Working song, That's How You Know, and So Close, were nominated for the Oscars. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, if the only reason they didn't win, in my opinion, is because they split the vote. Everyone picked, you know, either one of those three. But, right. and so it just, it, split the vote and so now falling slowly from the movie once ended up winning and i'm just like oh so sad <laughs> but <Lame. laughs> it, was, it was like no so i want to know which song would you have chosen to be the only song to go into best original that's song? how you know i would have done the same too yeah that's how that's how you know i would have i would have picked I mean, that all one.
0: the songs are good but that is like the best song yeah and really kind of encapula- encapsulates everything about this movie
1: Yes. That's how you know. And then I think it for me, it was like a, a kind of a draw almost between so close and that's how you know. But in the end, I would have gone with that's how you know. And so I'm just like, oh, it's so too bad that Alan Mankin didn't and Stephen Schwartz didn't I get know. that.
0: <laughs> I was like, well, no, maybe for disenchanted. <laughs> I just love saying that disenchanted. disenchanted. <laughs> they were disenchanted. So say it as many times as I can. Maybe if I say it enough, it'll actually happen at right. <laughs> we'll a release date. Exactly. <laughs> so the big ending. So we didn't really talk about Queen Narcissa. No, we didn't. But she is done by Susan Sarandon, and she is your classic Disney you know, villain where we know she's the villain from the very beginning. She makes it very obvious. She's the one who sets all of these events in motion. And when things aren't necessarily going the way.
1: So melodramatic. It's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: And when things aren't going the way that she wants, she has to take things into her own hands. And so she, I just love her entrance into the real world, like very over the top and like I said, melodramatic <laughs> and just entering New York city, you know, the camera panning around her, her
1: shoes, and then, right? <laughs> they're like six <laughs> inches tall.
0: <laughs> then she goes to the ball and dresses up like the, you know, classic old hag, then Giselle of course falls for it i'm like okay princesses should probably like have a code where <laughs> things that happen to other princesses we all know about and we don't fall for so we don't take food from creepy old strangers <laughs> like that's just the don't ever especially in
1: form of apples even <laughs>
0: if you think it's a what did she think it did she say it was a wishing apple, a wishing or apple a,
1: yeah yeah i'm like are you sure is that from still white or did they use both they used it here too that's why okay okay I'm
0: like, wait, wait, what movie am I remembering now? Hold on. (laughs) Yeah, you know, especially when people claim to have wishing apples, like no go.
1: Dead giveaway, honey. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she I mean from this point on when they hit the ball, things move very quickly as far as she eats the apple, she she gets cursed, and then I just love the two old ladies that are basically just thinking <laughs> that this is part of this. This is so much better than last year. <laughs> I want to go to this ball every year. I would right, so right. go to
1: this ball every year. It needs
0: to happen. I need to we need if this is doesn't exist, we just need to host this somewhere and make it happen. Oh. Right. New
1: years, let's do that.
0: done so yeah and so people think this is part of the show so that's why there's not really an issue but the the main tree group that are involved know that this is pretty serious and so um you know true loves kiss and so of course he tries and it's not working um and so and then of course miss hopeless romantic over there is like just kiss her robert you know because she's realized at this point that you know maybe maybe she has a thing for him which i don't appreciate but (laughs) <laughs> we just had this amazing dance with this other guy So, hello, hubba hubba yeah. So then, of course, that wakes her up And she's like, it's you, I knew it was you I'm like, if I were him, I'd be like, uh Just because... Your like true love's kiss is that like a two way thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, do you think I'm your true love, but I don't necessarily have to be yours, uh, or you don't have to necessarily be mine? Oh, like, but I'm just they trying were. to help you out. But they were. But they were. They were. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Try to be too much of a realist here.
1: That is not what this movie is about. No.
2: From no. The very like, beginning. get out of get Realists, out of here. Get
1: out. Um, so that's
0: not working out. So then she turns into this big dragon, which of course is very reminiscent of Sleeping Beauty. And there's this thing, like there are so many disney easter eggs or references and nuances and there's a link that i'll include like we could talk about them of course but it's by oh my disney and it's every single disney reference in enchanted and there are 56 wow so i will include a link in the show notes so you guys can all check it out but it's just dripping with (laughs) disneyness
1: Beautiful Disney, yes. Mm -hmm.
0: So Queen Narcissa says, okay, I'm going to, when they tell the story, it's going to talk about how, you know, I killed her right away. And then he's. He, he says something she's like well i'm flexible so she takes him which over sets my up dead the- body <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> over my dead body and so she takes him and it sets up this opportunity for the princess to be the hero and save the day and so you know she slays the dragon and she saves him and it's so great and amazing and then it leads us into this final song ever ever after and the epilogue more or less
1: or the ending and carrie underwood thanks carrie yeah, no. The epilogue is one of those moments that I'm like, okay, I really appreciate her getting into animation, and I was really sad because I was like, they need Adina need, Benzel needs to be in animation. Why not? And so she didn't get her her song in this movie, but you know, you know, eight years later she did get Let It Go, so I guess I don't feel too bad for her. Right. Um, and but you, it's so funny to me because I'm watching and I'm realizing, okay, now Nancy gets swept away into. Giselle's life as an animated character and as the new princess now slash queen, I guess. And then Giselle comes over and she just switches places with Nancy and, you know, just Takes over her fashion designer gig, and I'm thinking, (laughs) how do you explain that to the workforce? (laughs) Like, so you remember your? Nick is gone now. She's (laughs) never coming back. (laughs) She's she's basically dead. (laughs) Like to them, she basically is. And this is now your new boss. And we're going to be doing things on a we are definitely under new management. We need to add some right. color in here. This is now Andalusia fashions. We got lots of kids <laughs> running around and the workforce now involves, you know, rats and mice. So PETA is also going to be involved too. So you so. gotta
0: be okay with it or the door is out there.
1: <laughs> right. The door is that way. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're not allergic.
0: <laughs> right. So she still brings like a little bit of her animated life, you know, into the real world. But other than that, it, yeah, she's, she's kind of more more well-rounded, if you will. Right. She hasn't completely lost it, but she has more to her than
1: just wishing for lips to kiss all day long. Those are great lips, though, man. Is there anything else that we need to go over before we rate this? No,
0: there's just too many things. I like know. all the Easter eggs, all the funny quotes. We do actually have um, – let's do our patron question before okay. we move on because I, I knew there were so many quotes – and we could talk about them all, but I'm like, let's ask the patrons, What are their, their what is your favorite scene or quote? And Bethany says, the still beast is dead, peasants. I have set you free. <laughs> Great. Anything with that word. Amazing. Fadi says, I love the dance scene when so close plays. And there's so much romantic tension between the characters. Plus the song is really nice. Might be my favorite scene of the film moss says i love how the movie begins with animation how disney mocks its own legacy perfectly exemplified with edward claiming oh giselle we shall be married in the morning gets me every time it is so perfect and the whole true love's kiss song and sequence is perfection chris says i'm usually not a song guy but the that's how you know scene is awesome
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: Alex Pilgrim just had a GIF of saying "is
1: good, is <laughs> <So> good." good. <laughs> I love that.
0: AJ says, "I love the that's how you know number." The song is such a fun mixture of styles, and I love the use of Central Park locales. I also love how the dancers represent a huge melting pot that New York City is, with a huge mix of ranges, nationalities, and professions. Mm-hmm. I love that too. Like, there's different moments where there's different like ethnic flair of different parts of the song. Matthew says in the animated scene where she sings, "Ah." Oh, Ah, 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 ah. and all the animals sing with her it's so funny because disney is making fun of itself (laughs) and jonathan says i love the happy working song all the music is great but that one is so perfectly skewering a very specific song in a very ridiculous and clever way having a cliched animals help the princess cleanup scene but having it with new york vermin like rats and pigeons helping her scrub toilets pick care out of shower drain etc it's such a great scene and a great song. I completely agree. I do, yeah. The fact that it's like modern tasks that are so grungy and gross and she just has a smile and she's with a smile and a song. And she just <laughs> thinks exactly. it's so happy and it's not a big deal. Yeah, the lyrics are great. And I think that's one thing that Stephen Schwartz really did well as the lyricist is just really pokes fun at himself in a fun, clever way. Yes. So thank you guys.
1: Thank you. I mean, I'm just going to give this straight five stars for me just because I feel like it, the writing of the script, the screenplay was so clean and crisp and everything referred back to itself so perfectly. I feel like this movie just worked. The fact that every bit was over the top made it just all the more enjoyable because you knew that that's what was happening. And just so many, as a Disney fan, you could just get so much out of this movie and I that as well as the songs and the just once everybody played their part so well I don't I really can't give you a thing of like I didn't like that uh they could have done that better I, I just I felt like everything worked and Kevin Lima just knocked it out of the park on this so you know like me or hate me I'm giving it five stars nice
0: so I am teetering between five and five and a half, <laughs> <whoa>. <laughs> four and a half, and five stars. Uh, I'll talk through it and then I'll give my final. Okay. But uh, like you said, this movie. First off, I mean nostalgia goggles on yes. very tightly here yes. because this movie has such a special place in my heart in everything that it meant and represented at this period of time, as far as Disney animation, its legacy, its history and where it was going. Mm -hmm. And it brought back a lot of, you know, major key figures in Disney animation history from Stephen Schwartz and Alan Menken to even having James Baxter do the animation of the characters. You know, they brought someone who definitely was familiar with Disney animation, which was great. And, just the story arc and progression is is really great. I don't feel like this movie ever has any slow moments Mm-mm. and the character development is really quite good especially with Giselle and all the other characters that she interacts with you know as as she has her influence on them and they likewise have an influence on her and I think everyone is better for it. And I love that. The songs are out of this world. Amazing. So perfect. Couldn't ask for a better score. I think I listened to this so many times over the next year and beyond. And yeah, for those reasons, just because I mean, I can't really look at this film and and say what's wrong with it or what i like the only thing that is to me the animation at the very beginning feels slightly off but not enough to really like dock it any points that's just me being like super nitpicky and like overly critical with beauty animation i'll agree (laughs) so just um for that reason it's just so good it's top tier movie for me five stars oh good
1: All right, so we do have some voicemails don't we we do let's yeah. jump into it
3: hey rotoscopers this is chris hendrix i have some random enchanted facts Fact number one, the animated sequences in Enchanted were not actually animated by Walt Disney Animation. Enchanted came out when Walt Disney Animation had shut down their 2D side due to Home on the Range and previous Disney flops. So they needed to contract the animation out to to James Baxter Animation, who made Curious George. Uh, But uh, some animators like Andreas Deja, uh, who had done previous Disney films, did animate on the project. Uh, He did Queen Nerissa, so I'm glad they were able to bring him on board. Fact number two, in the That's How You Know sequence, some of the older gentlemen who pull out flowers to give to the ladies were actually chimney sweeps from the Step in Time sequence in Mary Poppins, so they just brought them back. I think that's really cool. So along with the other uh, Disney voice actresses that they brought back as actresses for Enchanted, that is a really neat callback. And fact number three, this is probably the most disappointing one for Giselle fans, but Giselle will never be a Disney princess, and it all comes down to money. Giselle's appearance was based on Amy Adams' appearance, so if Giselle had become a Disney princess, Disney would have to pay Amy Adams royalties for using her appearance on lunchboxes and backpacks and stickers and whatever. So you're not going to be seeing her as a Disney princess, which is kind of sad, but I think Enchanted is a great movie. I would give it four stars out of five, and thanks, Rotoscopers. Keep up the good work.
2: Good day to you, Rotoscopers. This is Danny here. With something positive to say about today's movie. When I saw the first trailer for Enchanted back when it came out, I wasn't too crazy about it, thinking it would be just a dumb comedy trying to imitate the movie Elf. But when I got around to seeing it, I fell in love with the movie. I think there are five major things that make me really enjoy this movie one, the many Disney shout outs and references. Two, the musical number, That's How You Know. Three, the fantastic performances from Amy Adams and James Marsden as real-life cartoon characters. Four, the character of Nathaniel. I love that guy and his character arc. And finally, I really loved its message about happily ever after and how we can apply it to real life. So here's hoping more people... Especially adults, get around to watching this wonderful homage to Disney. We're so close to reaching that famous happy ending. Almost believing this was not the
1: My word. Thank you so much for joining us today on this amazing episode of Enchanted, number 160. And thank you, friends, for joining us in the voicemails. If you want to send us your voicemails, go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails. Or you can send us a voicemail on our phone number if you dial 406-646-6575. So do that. It'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. you do it you do you you do you and give us a call <laughs> also if you happen to be there like during this time like if you are listening here and you're like oh i worked close at disney or something I worked at james back right i was <laughs> like, there and
0: you were totally wrong about the animation studio being whatever like please yeah
1: also send us a voicemail and tell us because we like one it it, it makes us feel like oh that's awesome
0: you're... Or, an ano- or an anonymous email. We yeah. normally don't read emails anymore, but we will specifically read one for Disney history. Yes. You better believe.
1: <laughs> so if you happen to have been there, let us know. Where we... we like the insider scoop. Yeah, we, we love this these things. And yay, be a part of the fun. All right. And also, if you're wanting to subscribe to us on iTunes, you can give us a review on there. It really does help us out. We also are on Stitcher Radio. And I just got a... A notification that we are going to be putting this podcast on Spotify as well. So you'll be able to listen to it everywhere. Great podcasts are found.
0: And of course, if you want to make sure that the show goes forever and forever for time and all eternity, (laughs) be sure to check out our Patreon program where you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month. And that helps keep the show going. And we do have special, special perks for anyone who is a dollar and above patron. So go check those out. We have a variety of special podcasts. We're going to be doing um, one that we do every month called the Roto Rewatch. And last month, since it was that last month, meaning this month, November, is Frozember. We did... Frozen, and we went back and looked at that, and next month we'll be going and reviewing a Goofy movie. Yay,
1: another Kevin Lima amazing Mm -hmm. film. All right. It's good. It's good. (laughs) Also, just as a very side note, um, I am doing another project for my own stuff, and I was just asking if any of you guys want to be involved in helping me, Um, I'm going to be developing a couple stories for some YouTube videos on my own channel about growing up at a Western dinner theater. And if you want to help, just go to ChelseaRobson.com and then sign up for my mailing list. All right, guys, until next time, we We are are the the
0: rotoscopers. Rotoscopers. she hasn't completely lost it but she has more to her than just wishing for lips to kiss all day
1: long those are great lips though man oh those p lips are Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right (laughs) you know what i'm talking about (laughs) yes i know what you're talking about (laughs) so great